Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila. And today we are recording episode number 22, a baseball episode. And this one's coming to you a little bit late. Um, this is definitely supposed to be released on Monday, but it is currently Wednesday, so super sorry about that, but it's been kind of a hectic week for me. I went to spring training this past weekend, went to the first Cubs game of the spring training kind of run, and then also went to the second one on Sunday, so it's been a pretty busy week slash weekend for me, but I am super happy to be back home because let me tell you what an experience I had down in Arizona, but that story is for Friday's episode because since I did attend Cubs game, it's going to go, Cubs games, plural, um, it is going to go under the Cubs category, so if you want to hear more about that, I did vlog it, so that would be up within the next week or so. I'm trying to get that up as soon as possible, but I will talk about it on Friday's episode. So if you want to hear some of that, my experience, how it went, because this was my first time at spring training. So um, if you want to hear more of that, tune into Friday's episode so you can find out about that. But today we're going to talk about a lot of baseball news because spring training started. It has begun and I'm so excited. I'm so happy. We have a bunch of things to talk about. And yeah, so without further ado, let's get into it. So we're going to talk about, first let's say what I'm going to talk about. We have drama. Before the season even starts, we already have drama between coaches and umpires. And then we have our first looks at pitch clock. Um, We're talking about Manny Machado. Uh, We're talking about the salary cap and then injuries that we already have. So, unfortunately, we got to end on a bad note, but it is going to be an exciting episode, so tune in for this one. Alright, so the first thing let's talk about is the drama. The drama that has begun prior to the season. And the season doesn't even start until the next, what, 29 days? And we already have drama going on. Let's talk about it. So, MLB, Major League Baseball, is investigating an altercation between umpire C.B. Buckner after the St. Louis Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmol, allegedly refused to shake his hand again ahead of spring training game. Crazy. Crazy. So apparently, I, I think this was the umpire refused to, ch- to shake the Cardinals manager's hand. Maybe I didn't read that right the first time, but I think that's what the point we're trying to get across here is that basically C.B. Buckner just didn't shake Marmol's hand prior to the game, I guess, when exchanging lineup cards. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, I feel like that rarely happens, but that's something definitely to talk about. So let's go back to the history of this of, you know, why all of this is going down, what kind of initiated this drama. So back in 2022, I say back in 2022 like if it was three years ago. No, last year, Marmol was ejected by C.B. Buckner in a regular season game last year in August. So this was like kind of disputing a strike call on Nolan Arenado. Things got heated. 
supposedly Marvel told Buckner that he's old and he needs to retire. Something along those lines. Um, and then Buckner kind of act, counteracted and said, you know, I've been in the league longer. You just got here. Show some respect. Things like that. Not sure on the exact words, but something along those lines was said. So that was kind of the history of the drama. It wasn't pretty nice, let me tell you that. But now this season, I guess Marmol just expected to go back into his everyday routine and just pretend like nothing happened. So he really didn't, I guess, pay too much attention to it when he found out that C.B. Buckner was going to be amongst the umpiring crew and did what he was supposed to do and try to shake everybody's hand, apparently. Buckner didn't want to shake his hand. I guess it's still under his skin. But, I mean, that's kind of odd. Because I feel like he's kind of just, what is it called? Contradicting himself. Like, Buckner's going to say that, you haven't been in the league long enough. I've been here longer. Things like that. Like, show some respect. But then at the same time, he won't even shake his hand because he's mad about something that happened last year. I understand if he took it personally, I get it. You know, because a lot of these altercations between coaches and umpires get taken personally and get taken to a different level because of just the things that are being said. And it's hard. But at the same time, be the bigger person, you know. And C.B. Buckner has been in the league for a long time. He's 60 years old. He's been an umpire since 1996, so he has the experience. Like he said, I get it. All that he said was true. I mean, he has been in the league longer. He does have a lot of experience. Okay, then get get that issue past you and just move on and shake the guy's hand. I don't know. I'm that, That's what I think. I think that there's definitely a line of respect, and Marmol seemed to have crossed it. And I get it. I get it. Because saying that this that Buckner should be out of the game with the experience that he has really doesn't make sense and really shouldn't have been said. I agree. But I think no matter the instance, Buckner should have at least just brushed it off and been like, all right, you know, what happened happened. It's all in the past. Handshake. I mean, this is not a hug. It's, it's, it's a shake of the hand. So I think maybe it might have been taken a little too personal. And I think just... C.B. Buckner should have been the bigger person in this situation and just kind of, like I said, brushed it off at the end. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say about it. The umpire crew did apologize on behalf of C.B. Buckner during the game, so that was, that kind of did make it a little bit more awkward. Um, I guess, I don't know, they were embarrassed by his actions or something, but it was kind of nice that the other umpires apologized. Um, but fa- kind of fast forwarding on Monday's game, because this was like, I think this was over the weekend. So then on Monday's game, Buckner did shake Marmol's hand. So this was two days later after he refused to. And that could be because the media got a hold of it and he was kind of getting a lot of trash talk. Or MLB started their investigation and now he's trying to do whatever he can to kind of not get in trouble. So... Who knows? Either way, it seems to be all good now. I don't really know what's going on, but it just seems to be that, like I said, I think if C.B. Buckner said all these things, you got to back it up. I think that's what I've been saying a lot within these past two episodes. You got to say something. If you're going to say something, 
you have to back it up. So like, like I'm saying, I understand if he might've taken it personal, I get it. Honestly, I don't blame him. But if you're going to talk about experience and things like that, and I think it correlates with being the bigger person. So just shake his hand, you know, like I said, it's not anything too intricate or something like that. So I really don't think a handshake would have totally threw anyone off board. But that's just my opinion, what I think about that. I think, I mean, I think we got the okay that everything is fine now and that they've kind of just moved past it. But that's that. kind of just wanted to touch on that because I thought that was something that definitely did have some sparks, especially correlating to the last season. So it's going to be interesting to see the relationship between those two this season. Um, Moving on. Let's talk about the pitch clock because this is a long topic that we are going to discuss. So as we know, this is the first year that we're implementing the pitch clock um, and a lot of players are starting to get used to it. Thank goodness for spring training because without it, honestly, this would have been such a mess or, you know, is going to be such a mess coming regular season. But thank goodness we have spring training and we have all the time. Not all the time, but we have about, what, like 30-something days to figure it out and figure out the logistics. But let's talk about the rules, the basics. So this is how it's working. When the bases are empty, the pitcher has 15 seconds to start his windup to start his pitch. When there's runners on, he has 20 seconds. Between hitters, 30 seconds. So reasonable time for each pitch and this is not like when the ball is thrown this is they have to start their windup pretty much um and another thing that kind of goes along with that that the batter must be in the box by the eight second mark so once the clock hits eight seconds the batter must be in the box or not that's a violation Another thing is that the timer is going to reset if the pitcher attempts to pick off the runner or steps off the rubber but that's only when runners are on So when runners are on and the pitcher tries to pick off the guy at first, the clock will reset. But there's only a limited amount of times that you can do that. So you can only do that twice per plate appearance. And if you do that more than once, it's a violation. So that's kind of how that's going to work. And it resets if players players advance, you kind of get like one more type of deal. So... That's kind of a little bit of the basic rules. Talking about the violations, here we go, because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. So if the pitcher makes a violation, that includes going overtime, things like that, it's an automatic ball. If there's a batter violation, meaning he's not in the box by the eight-second mark, he's taken too much time, it's an automatic strike. And if both of those happens, the count starts at one and one. So that's what it is. Um... If there is, like I said, a third pickoff attempt is made with runners on and, you know, he's already gone through his two, he makes a third one. If the runner, if the out doesn't count, the runner automatically advances to the next base if the pickoff isn't successful. So if the guy wasn't out, he automatically goes to the next base. If he is, good job for you. You got lucky and he's out. So it won't be counted as like a violation or anything like that. So that's kind of how it's working with there. 
a little bit extra stuff that I think definitely is should be addressed pretty important a little bit of the, the exceptions so mound visits injury timeouts and offensive team timeouts are not going to be tied timed sorry so there's no clock for that um, and then if a team has used all of its mound visits prior to the ninth inning they'll be awarded one more visit if they use all of theirs before the ninth inning which I think is pretty good. And then umpires can award extra time if needed. So if there's an injury, things like that, there can be extra time. The umpire will call it not timed, doesn't go against anything. So that's really the logistics of it, how it's working out. Um, And yeah, like it's a lot of intricate details, but I think spring training will definitely help with that. Um, So far, it's been different to say the least. I think the fastest game so far that we've played has been two hours and four minutes and that's that game was between the Cubs and the Diamondbacks two hours and four minutes last year the average baseball game was what like three hours and 15 minutes that's a huge difference and that like includes like I'm pretty sure it includes commercials and I'm pretty sure it includes like pitching changes and things like that so pretty crazy and then Another thing that kind of happened over the weekend as spring training started was that there was an automatic ball called on a pitcher after the clock didn't stop and restart when the pitcher asked for a new ball. So basically, the pitcher asked for a new ball. They didn't stop the clock. So once he was trying to find a grip on that ball, the timer ran out and I guess automatic ball because he wasn't ready even though he was trying to get the ball ready after he just got a new one so like it's just a lot of kinks to figure out because I feel like the clock should have been restarted then I mean you ask for another ball at what at like mm, seven seconds then what you have like just seven seconds to get a good grip and you know kind of go over the pitches with your catcher that's not enough time so I think that definitely has to be be worked out, but that's just something that we saw over the past few days. Um, let's share a little bit about what I think about it. So there's been problems. We know that. There's been many problems, but ultimately I feel like this will work itself out and just give a faster pace to the game, which also means more action. So I think it's going to be really beneficial to grow the amount of viewers in Major League Baseball um, as well as fans because now it's not a three-hour game anymore. It's two hours, but you're getting a lot of action, a lot of hits, hopefully a lot of strikeouts. So I think it it will work out for the better. I believe so. Um, Like I said, there's just a lot of minor details that players need to get used to. Um, minor league players have been playing with this ever since last year so they're a little bit more familiar but at the same time these major league guys kind of have no clue what they're doing and don't know how to approach this so spring training is definitely a time for them to take advantage of it Um, another thing is that there's going to be many times that this is going to be unfair a lot of times just because umpires are human they make mistakes I think there's a person I don't think it's an actual it's like a computer or anything I think there's a person who manages the pitch clock so if they mess up things like that it's all gonna happen and I think I keep going back to why spring training is just so um, important but 
it's definitely the time to work out all of these things. Kind of get used to it so that you won't be making these mistakes in the regular season. Hopefully not. But there's some things that we just can't get out of. And that's mistakes made by, um, like, the umpires who've been in the league for a while and who are older. Mistakes are going to be made. But at the end of the day, this is really just the first day of school for everyone. So we all have to get used to it. Um, but yeah, so that's just a little bit of what I think about it. Ultimately, I do think it's going to provide a larger audience to baseball just because of how fast the game is going now. And it's not a three hour, 15 minute game where you're literally just sitting in front of your TV for half of the time. So I am hoping that everything will be good and everything will work out and that, um, yeah, just that everything can start to get back on pace again. But yeah, so that's really my thoughts on that. Moving on, I want to talk about a guy who's been in the baseball news a ton lately, and that's Manny Machado, who has just signed an 11-year, $350 million contract. That is insane. I mean, props to him for getting the bag, but 11 years, 350 mil, that is crazy. That's like 30 mil a year around that realm or some a little bit more than that so that's crazy so let's talk about the history of that let's talk about his stats we're going to talk about break this down you know contract wise negotiations get a little bit into the business side but let's look at his stats last season he had a great season a 0.298 batting average um 0.897 OPS he had 32 home runs with 102 RBIs so he was kind of for the most part an everyday guy at third base for the Padres um, and definitely played a big role in that team in that franchise and he was on prior to this a 10-year 300 million dollar contract that was signed in February but they negotiated it out and they decided on an opt-out after 2023 so basically his plan was to test out free agency, put his feet in the water, just kind of see the offers that he could get and kind of match them. You know, what every player does really to do to free agency. So that was originally his plan and the Padres heard about that and apparently they said, no, we want you to stay here. We'll give you a blank ton of money because honestly that is a lot for a third baseman and being a guy who I mean I think Manny Machado is a good player I think he definitely has his ups and downs uh the third base athleticism side is a is lacking a bit but honestly I mean the numbers that he put up last season on the bat was really good so I think I think this could be something that works out for the Padres, um, and I think definitely works out in the favor of Manny Machado. I don't maybe he did expect to you know kind of do this, but I think being a player who um, values themse- himself a lot, testing out free agency is definitely a risk, and I think um, especially at the age that he is he's not old but he's also like what 30 I think so I mean props to him he really just bet on himself there and it worked out in his favor and I guess the Padres just really wanted to keep him on the team and I don't blame them like I said he got the bag 
they didn't want him to walk. They didn't want him to leave, and I respect that. Um, but I do think that he might have got, might have been able to get the same deal elsewhere. I think other big market teams would definitely play for him, pay for him. Um, but at the same time, name a team that needs really a first baseman who has that money to pay him. Not a lot of teams. I mean, the Phillies have a good first third baseman. The Mets have a good third baseman. So I think really that position has been filled in most spots. But at the same time, you know, who else are the Padres going to put at third? I mean, I guess you could argue. You can, I mean, I feel like Tatis could be there, but I don't think he's going to be too much of an infield guy for the rest of his career now. Um, I mean, Xander Bogarts, you could argue. Either way, they have Manny Machado, and I guess he, he really just saw how everyone else was being paid on the Padres and wanted to be included on that. Tatis, as we know, has been extended for 14 years, $340 million. Bogarts signed that 11-year deal for $28 million. So kind of just seeing how the Padres market was, definitely smart choice by Machado. Um, but yeah, like I said, he put up good numbers last year, so I definitely see why the Padres would want to extend him. It makes sense. Um, and for that amount of money that he's getting paid as well. I mean, I think he just, he just took advantage of the situation, really, and the Padres market. Um, he knew he had a shot for a big contract, whether it was in or out of San Diego, and he definitely uh, got the opportunity and took it. So crazy numbers that are being given to Manny Machado. But, I, I mean, in a way, I do think it's deserved just because he's good around the bat, like I said. But uh, defensive-wise, not really there. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Either way, the Padres get a franchise guy. You got the big three, really. Or, I mean, you could argue big four if Juan Soto signs a long term. But Bogarts, Tatis, Machado, maybe, hopefully Soto. That's crazy. That is a crazy team. But yeah, along those lines, let's move into our next topic, which is the salary cap. So, a salary cap is unrealistic. That's really the headline of this topic. The MLBPA head, Tony Clark, says we're never going to agree to a salary cap. So if you don't know, a salary cap is basically kind of a stoppage point or really more of a budget of how much a team can play a player or can pay a player, sorry, can pay a player um, and kind of their overall payroll, looking at those types of numbers. So the projected kind of payroll for 2023, these are the top teams who are probably going to have the highest payroll. The Mets, the Yankees, and Phillies. The Mets at 336 mil, the Yankees at 268 mil, and the Phillies at 232 mil. So the big three, top three, who have a lot of guys who they pay a lot of money towards. So uh, definitely targeting those teams, obviously the bigger market teams. Um, but yeah, like I said, the salary cap limits a player's salary. And usually it's designed to go towards the big spenders, you know, Matt, Steve Cohen, um, Brian Cashman. So kind of targeted towards them as they really have the resources and accessibility to purchase those players. Um, but yeah, I guess the goal really with the salary cap would just to be to make, I guess, the whole signing process, contract process more fair towards all 30 teams, whether than just teams who get a really good TV viewing or have a really good fan base, things of that sort. So I think that's where 
the fairness comes into play. Let's talk about what I think. So I honestly think that there's never ever going to be a firm agreement of should we have a salary cap or not. And that also goes along with even if it does get decided, I I think a big factor is that, okay, but when is that going to be put into play? There's never a correct time to enforce it. I mean, you can't really just stop a player's salary at the middle of his contract. So I think there's just never going to be a good time to start it. And if the, the time already passed, if it was going to be a thing in the first place, it's just such a big financial issue within MLB that I think cannot come to a solution. Because it's just too much. I don't think, I also don't think like all 30 teams will ever agree to a specific number as well. I think having the minimum salary was definitely a lot easier just because, I mean, it's more reasonable, it makes more sense, and it's definitely more attainable. But having a salary cap is just not ideal deal and it's not realistic I mean we know that there's guys who are still getting paid now who have retired and who have been retired for the past what like five years and they're still getting paid because they're still on that contract so I think that's really something that MLB is trying to stop just for players not to be playing being paid past their careers you know you're retired midway into your contract and you're still getting paid that money, I think that's something that MLB wants to stop. But ultimately, I feel like there's just never a right time for that. Um, and I just think it's it's going to be hard because a lot of owners are going to disagree with this, but then there's going to be a lot of owners who are for this, like teams in not-so-popular areas, talking about Baltimore, talking about Oakland, who don't really have a lot of money to spend. So I think it's just never going to be something that could come to a full agreement. But yeah, those are really my thoughts on the salary cap. And moving on to our last topic of this week's episode, and that's talking about injuries because we already have injuries going on and spring training started on Saturday. Oh, well, on Friday for some. So it's been what, like three, it's been six days and we already got some pretty big injuries. The first one and the big one I want to talk about is Gavin Lux, and this is one that definitely gets a little personal with me and probably a little bit emotional too. So Gavin Lux is out for the whole entire 2023 season with a torn ACL. He tripped, ran funny on Monday, running to third base, and blew out his leg. Pretty bad, pretty bad. I've seen the footage from all angles, and I wince every time I look at it. Um, it, it was pretty emotional after the game, especially, but as well as during, he did have to get carted off the field and yeah, just, I mean, you could really see it there in the footage, what happened. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely emotional. Uh, Gavin Lux was a guy who was supposed to be starting at shortstop for the Dodgers this year, definitely making his mark kind of on the team after Corey Seager left. Um, it was supposed to be his year. And now, unfortunately, it's not going to anymore as he's he probably won't come back this year at all. So it's definitely something that hurts Dodgers fans and Gavin Lux himself, especially the team too. A guy who's worked hard for pretty much his whole entire career. And now this happens. It sucks. It really does. Um, he said every every baseball player imagines or kind of wants 
to be a shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And unfortunately, that opportunity got taken away from him this year. And I'm really hoping he can bounce back because I think Gavin Lux has a lot of potential. And I think he hasn't been given the opportunity yet. And the year that he finally does, this happens. So it's definitely something that does get a little bit emotional um, to talk about and think about. Um, But yeah, so definitely wishing him well in a speedy recovery. A guy that works harder than probably anyone else who puts in the time and puts in the hard work into everything he does, unfortunately has to go through this. So hopefully next year things will work out and everything goes his way. But with that, I'm pretty sure Miguel Rojas will probably get that spot at short, but we'll see about that. Um, moving on, Tyler Glass now sustained an oblique injury during live VP on Monday. So he's going to miss the start of a regular season. I don't think he'll miss much, but just pretty much the start of it. Uh, Joe Musgrove, another pitcher, broke his big toe after dropping a weight on it during a workout. That sucks, and that probably hurt a lot. So, big toe, broken, and he could possibly miss three weeks. Three weeks of no baseball activity because of that toe. Something that's definitely very important as a pitcher. So, unfortunately, he goes through that. And then Seiya Suzuki faces an oblique injury, so he's ruled out of the WBC. He decided to do that. It might not even be ready for opening day for the Cubs, so definitely something that they should be addressing. Hopefully everything is okay with that, but it shouldn't be too, too serious, I think. Hopefully it isn't, knock on wood. But yeah, so that's really all I have for injuries. I mean, thank God not a lot, but at the same time, um, it definitely does draw a few headlights as we go on into the season. But yeah, so I guess that's really it for this episode. Um, There will be another episode on Friday, like I said, talking about the Cubs. But thank you guys again so much for listening to this week's episode. So sorry about the late post, but it's up there. It will get posted this week. Stay tuned for that vlog that I will have coming in the next two weeks. Super excited for that. Again, thank you guys for listening and please tune in to the next episode on Friday. If not, I will you will hear from me again on Monday. Thank you. Goodbye.